Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and psalms, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods, y'all. The flesh in the world gotta die. Hunger Games 2020. We're bringing it back. Again, Just one last time. I don't want to It's kind this. of an encore. I'm out. All right. Crazy Kami Harris is VP Biden's pick. Or as CNN would say it, individual with a cervix. That's, that's, oh, wow. that's oh, the headline there. Did you write there. that down? Uh, wow. No. no, no <laughs> yeah, I just hey, come up on the fly with that. Hey, you can't remember my bio, but you can remember that. <laughs> as you guys can already see, we got Darren Doan, filmmaker Darren Doan in the house and Dave Bonson, David Bonson, you like David. You like David. David Bonson. Let's get a clap. We got, we got a live studio audience, and as you guys, as all our listeners know the drill, you got to make sure you join the club, make sure you uh, download our app, and make sure you see us in Nashville October first through the third. And we got a special wow. after show with Darren Doan. Um, Cigars and Scotch with Darren Doan? Yeah. I haven't signed the contract yet, yes. But yes, we're going to go to a cigar lounge Thursday night, right. 9 o'clock after beer and psalms. And we're going to do beer, cigar, and, and scotch and psalms. <laughs> 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 right, we're just going to add to it. Is yeah. that how you donut? That, that is how you donut. It's late night. We're yeah. going for it. And after all the great stuff that you guys are going to be talking like, about and providing, we're going to sit down and maybe talk about some super ninja assassination style things you can do to just get the ball going. On Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. Facebook. But not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, we're that not was real tw- weapon. Yeah, and if, exactly. you, if you don't come, basically, you're being precious. Pretty much. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. I just want to make sure I right. got that. Okay. Right. Hey, this show is brought to you by New St. Andrews College. New St. Andrews College exists to graduate leaders who shape culture, living faithfully under the lordship of Jesus Christ. New St. Andrews College utilizes a classical Christian paradigm for higher learning, emphasizing wisdom and truth over pragmatism, integration and beauty more than specialization and service and goodness more than power. The college honors this classical Christian heritage and stresses truth, beauty, and goodness, emphasizing small classes, rigorous discussion of classical and biblical languages, history, music, theology, philosophy, literature. The college has no dorms because it expects students to live and function as Christian adults in the local community. Surprise. Yes, Surprise. Which is actually wow. why I came to the college. N- initially, the reason I came really? was it was like a lot of real, like a, tons of books and no dorms. Wow. <laughs> That's what it was. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Well, and they're actually meeting in person. Yeah, uh, this right? fall. This fall. Right. The college's tuition is less than half of the average private college tuition and a lo- less than half. Did you hear that? Mm. And it allows freshmen to lock in future tuition payments at their first year rate. You lock mm. in, and it that's all, increase you, on all you. you pay for yep. four years. To that's preserve good. its religious freedom, New St. Andrews College does not participate in any federal student aid programs. Important. No hooks, no strings on me. But yep. the college does offer a variety of scholarships and grants. New St. Andrews College's primary objective is to educate young Christian men and women broadly and deeply in the liberal arts from a distinctively Christian and Reformed perspective to equip them for lives of faithful service Mm -hmm. to the triune God and his kingdom to encourage the use of their gifts for the growth of Christian culture. Go to (laughs) 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 (
Edu. You making Darren want to go to college all over again? You know, I mean, seriously, because I didn't go to college. Obviously, I'm here in Moscow, Idaho. It's the only college I'm going to send my kids to. But the last yeah. couple of years, just the way I've been thinking about life and skills, I was like, am I really going to send my kids to college? Things. And the last year or so, I've been so. I cannot wait to get my kids in the NSA because yeah. actually seeing that, that that the fight has now shown up, yeah. what it looks like, yep. I'm more pumped up than ever to have all my they kids. Know the, talk about they know the difference between boys and girls. Yeah, Ooh. which is, you know, Ooh. yeah, which is, I think. It's important. rare these days. Yeah, I think it's important. I'm going to go with that. Especially when dating. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. <laughs> Message. <laughs> You don't want that surprise. Dave is just sitting there. You don't want that like, surprise. Like, I don't need to say nothing. You don't want that. No, no, no. Dave knows what I mean. I agree with you, Dave. <laughs> I concur. So uh, you guys haven't been with us through through our journey for so for the presidential uh, Democratic presidential race. We've kind of characterized it as Hunger Games. Okay. You know, right? So the the one that stands up last at the end wins and all that stuff. And and so we got a theme song that I'm going to play for you guys. And then we're going to get into it. It is time to walk away from the politics of the past and towards something totally different. People are lining up for food. That's a good thing. I'm a hugger, I'm a kisser, and I'm a little bit of a snipper. Raising the minimum wage does not hurt business, it grows business. So f***ing proud of you guys. I am Spartacus. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that? that? <laughs> Who was that? It was Howard Dean. Uh, Whoa, Dean. he got it. Ding, yeah. ding. Yeah. 2004. Yes, sir. Oh, there you go. The it came out. All right, so Kami, we uh, we have a name for each of the per- people in the Hunger Games. Kami, Kami Harris. Okay. Um, I think uh, Joe Biden's calling, uh, uh, Trump is calling her, uh, what was he calling Kami Harris? I don't, I don't follow Trump as much. Um, Lion so. Kami or something. I forget. He's got. He's already got a nickname for her. But anyways, she was. Those a, things have kind of lost their edge a little. A little bit from POTUS. Yeah, not yeah. quite as funny as. No, the no, no. He's, he's still Twitter, calling him Sleepy yeah. Joe and all that yeah. stuff. Sleepy and, Joe, know, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, she was uh, chosen by Joe Biden this last week, and then chosen, uh, chosen. Well, wow. Well, as he remembers, so if he remembers right. it, that way <laughs> he remembers that he chose her. I thought she said the that civil rights struggle is nothing new to Joe. It's why he got into public service. It's why he helped reauthorize the Voting Rights Act and restore unemployment discrimination and employment discrimination laws. And today, he takes his place in the ongoing story of America's march toward equality and justice as only, as the only, as the only who has served alongside the first black president and has chosen the first black woman as his running mate. It's funny because I remember her tone being a little different in debates. That's, well, that's what I was just gonna say when you started playing the clip. Like I thought, I thought she had some problems with Biden. Well, and so Trump released uh, this campaign ad right after this. Like the African American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. <laughs> you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. <laughs> Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. My Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this. I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black. <laughs> and uh, uh, other than the fact that they still call me boy, I don't think they've, I think they've changed their mind. They're going to put you all back in chains. Oh. That's the first sort of... Mainstream African American who is articulate and bright and Ooh. clean, nice looking 
destroy It was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputation of two United States senators who built their reputation and career on the segregation of race in this country. Are you going to I apologize? Think guys, like Cory Booker apologize for what? For what? For what? Um, so, you know, he, this did, is interesting. Did I make that? That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> D, why are you taking the words right out of my mouth? I was like. I, Bossy. David Bossy made it. That's a good ad. That, that is. But you know what? Do you think it's a good ad, though? Don't, don't underestimate that. And I know you know all I'm going to talk about is content and communicating. Don't. But don't sleep on that. This is this is why we are living in a time that is so powerful. No one roundtabled that. They went to someone who knows what they're doing, totally. and and yeah. there and there was no committee. No, no, one no committee did that one. No, they just trusted who did it. Yep. And Dave telling me who did it, and they and they did it, and that's how you get that done. So, so the propaganda, because what I thought when I saw that ad, I was like, everybody has kind of said old school propaganda doesn't work, right? Like that's kind of done. You can't play that. You got to play the heart. That thing was a horror film. Absolutely. That ad is also why he didn't name her two weeks ago. They've been doing nothing but sweat on this for twenty four seven about whether or not what she said to him in the debate was going to come back to haunt him. And Chris right. Dodd, who chaired, who's, by the way, a really disgusting human being, who chaired his <laughs> VP search, <laughs> was vehemently against her. Yeah, for this reason. That's exactly right. So, so but did, would, if you were Biden, though, would you have picked Kamala Harris to be your running mate? That's a tough one because I don't think the VP ever matters at all. And so, except I for this one, do you think it matters though for well, him? No, no, no. I think, I think, for this I think, one. I think it matters for this one. Meaning, it matters to us who the next president's going to be. Yeah. Oh, so because of the presidential implications, that's very true. Well, but he's, I'm he's barely going to make it through February. His electability in 2020. The last time, like people saying, why would he pick someone in California? Hillary won California by three million votes. Um, the last time I've, I'm telling you, I've studied this. The last time a state mattered from VP was Lyndon Johnson with Kennedy, 1960. Yeah. Okay. Kennedy won Texas. Right, because of because, Johnson. No, Kennedy was, was down Texas. 10. Yeah, okay. he was down Texas. 10 before he picked yep. uh, LBJ. Right. Yeah. Does it matter more this time, though, because Biden seems so senile? I, I think it would, but here, the problem was that Biden, if it was going to be, I got to get someone who looks as a replacement, has the credibility that they think can be president. He boxed himself in by saying it was going to have to be a female. It was going to have to be African-American. Cory Booker would have been a much better pick for Biden on the replacement aspect and dealing with inner city problems. People forget Cory Booker came to Newark, New Jersey, and did charter schools, did school Mm -hmm. choice. He had a good relationship with the police there. Corey's got a lot of problems. I'm just saying. But he he came out looking like a conservative At least a reasonable Democrat. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. He would have been more, he would have more credibility. I just couldn't get past his... No, no, that's, yeah, just, that's just racism, Gabe. That's yeah. what that is. I got something on this. I, I, you, 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 I, I shoot more from pure gut. I have no. Dave looks at the facts. He gets the research. He can quote. That's I a, feed a, the gut. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> you shoot from the gut. Yeah, I've been on keto, so I'm not feeding it anything. So okay. I'm, I'm a little angry. Is that keto? Um, well, it's just cream and coffee. So yeah, okay. I'm told it's keto. I don't know. Yeah, it's a way of life. It's not a diet. I guess. <laughs> um, but I think it does matter. Um, because if you go back, I, I love tactics. I love how things get set up and no one believed John McCain could win. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he picks Palin. Okay. If you don't pick Palin, you don't get Trump. Palin was the move to put things in motion that got us Trump Mm. where Biden went wrong, where the democratic party has gone wrong is he should have picked AOC or Michelle Obama. No, 
AOC, Michelle never well, go you, second. You know, he would have no, picked Michelle in the second. Be, if she be, because yeah, she it never. has to be extreme. You have to set up where right. you're going. Well, that's. And I was Sarah thinking, Palin set up us to get the Tea Party for us to get Trump eventually. They didn't play that move, and so that's why they're going to lose, and they're going to lose double because they didn't set up. But Kami, Kami is a more radical pick. That Kami Harris is a more radical pick than Cory Booker. Though. Yeah, Cory Booker would have been a reasonable pick. She, she was for Bernie Sanders' health care package. Radical, it has to be radical to the opposing party. Okay, so you said Cory, but you wrote a book. About Elizabeth Warren. Right. So why not Biden? Why didn't you think Biden should have picked Warren? Well, again, he was totally boxed in on the race. Right. Thing, black but, but woman, in, fair, black. in fairness, yep. Kamala did win the Senate seat in California. Kamala, excuse me, Warren came in third place yeah. in her own state in the Democratic primary. Nice. <laughs> okay. And she is 103 years old. <laughs> oh. 103 and, yeah. and so and, the succession and, doesn't look that good Biden's 99 I know she looks older That's right How did the She's a young one <laughs> So how did the Democratic Party Kind of get the corner on them Not being the racist party So you know they're in full support Of Black Lives Matter and I want to I tee this up Before you guys answer that question I don't care If somebody decides to loot a Gucci Or a Macy's or a Nike, because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That makes sure that that person can make some kind of money because this city obviously doesn't care about them. Not only that, that's reparations. Now this is a, this is. Chicago. I couldn't hear her because of the mask. Yeah, I, guess, I couldn't. <laughs> I'm deaf in one ear. I felt it. I felt it. Her mask was loud. This is in Chicago after all the riots and things that broke out there, and so she's speaking about. Basically, all the looting that's happening there, and why right. it's fine, and why it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Like she's it's, the hypocrisy here. I don't know how they get away with hypocrisy. Forget it being the, the party of you know pro black, you know pro pro yeah. Yeah. Uh, race, but the, the fact that she's talking about jobs and that the people who are getting looted. They own something that's getting taken from them, so they can't actually make money. You're an economic. You understand this, though. So why, why, why is it she's? Get, I, by the way, I also understood it when I was four. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's a picture somewhere, Dave and and his son, and his son is very young at the time of the picture, and I'm pretty sure his, he's holding his son, and in, in his son is dressed in a full Abraham Lincoln outfit. Yeah. It's one of the funniest pictures I've I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. It was just Dave and this big. People go, oh, yeah, Halloween. I go, no. <laughs> no, this, no, no, this is just everyday life in the Boston family. It's, it's, it's America. It's America. Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> but you were saying about that you were wondering why. I was just wondering why Why does the Democratic Party kind of get the corner on not being the racist party when, when Joe Biden clearly, as we would articulate it, that he said some racist things, or as the modern day would articulate it, he said some racist things. And then, of course, their support for Black Lives Matter, which is atrocious, and and they're very openly a Marxist organization. So, Gabe, I get confused with these, this line of questioning, and we're <laughs> friends. I want to ask you, do you mean that you really don't understand it or just that it frustrates you and you're expressing the frustration in the form of a question? Um, I would say there's an element to— Can it to, be both? Yeah, kind of both. There's an element to where I, I don't understand it. It really, because I can um, answer this, uh, and then and then it, it, you know, Republicans are horrible at painting narratives and sustaining narratives. That's, that's because so, they're too busy working. Well, some of them. That's the that's the common response. No, but 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 it's true, and and the reason why this side, whatever side we we, we want to call it now, 
is because we are seriously so busy trying to build things, solve problems, make things happen. And the other side is just sitting there and they're just sloganing and they're calling us names and they're creating narratives. And we don't have time to go out and riot and go. Mar- I mean, literally, it, I, I, I guess that's a cliche. I understand that. But the cliche is true. Mm-hmm. We don't spend our time doing that. It has never even entered their mind that someone may accuse them of hypocrisy. It's right. not even remotely a concern to them right. that anything they say is going to come back and bite them. Right. They are so past that, it's not even funny. They have a complete past, total immunity to say whatever they want, do whatever they want, and they have control over the mainstream media. Yeah. That's, that's all we're talking about here. Yeah. They, have the, they have the means of distribution. So, so there's no reasoning with that person then? Well, it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to win an election... Right. I'm I'm kind of on Darren's side that you have to go create narratives, do shock and awe. You kind of almost have to just shake up the biorhythms of life a little bit. So, but if your goal is to change culture, which is very different than winning an election, right. then I think it happens one by one, relationally meeting people, and then also simultaneously go. top down control of the institutions. He just dropped it. He just dropped it. He just throwed that out right there. He just dropped it. Top down control of the institutions. Bonson's a beast. More Cross Politic with Bonson and Dome. We're going to get some more of that coming up next on Cross Politic. You didn't write that down either. You just from the top of the head. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Do you believe that you need an insurance company or do you believe that God will provide your needs? And there are people that you've never met before who are going to pray for you and meet your needs. There's another way. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. We making money, David. I read it. I read it. How much? We make it. We good. We good. All right. Let's make the, sure. the, stock, the exchange closes in forty minutes. One hour and forty minutes. Okay, oh, he's got time. That's out. why you don't do my stocks. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politics. Got out I'm early. Gonna put, I'm gonna put Bonson up here. Oh, the Bonson Group. Oh, I did yeah. that for you, man. This segment is brought he's to like, you by the Bonson Group. Please take it down. <laughs> please take it down. Please. Hey, with us right now, live and in the studio. Not only do we have a live studio audience. Wow. Yeah, you guys are packed in here. Mr. David L. Bonson, founder, managing partner, chief investment officer of the Bonson Group, a bi-coastal private wealth management firm with offices in Newport Beach. He will make you rich. And you should, you should know about City. office in Idaho. Yeah. You know? Good. Come good, on. You know, good, our, very operations, our operations director is in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Oh, really? She's been in Newport Beach for 14 years, and she and her husband moved to Coeur d'Alene. There you go. And we let her do it because she's so important to the business. There you yeah. go. Yeah. They manage over $2.25 billion in client <laughs> assets. Is that still? Is it? 2.5. 2.5 now? Has it dropped See, in it, the last quarter? 
it's increased quite a bit. Yeah, in the last Whoa. five minutes, it just went up again. Yeah, David, that, is that's almost the exact number of views I have on YouTube for my videos. Trying to connect in a billion with you. I think one's worth more than the other. Well, I think. What's Google paying right now? That's the question. You have probably seen David in Barrons, Forbes, the Financial Times, CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox Business, <laughs> Cross Politic, National Review, World Magazine, and Cross Politic. <laughs> Get a shout out there. Uh, he has uh, he's also serves on the board of directors for the National Review Institute, King's College, uh, trustee for Pacifica Christian High School of Orange County. Mm, yep. He's a senior fellow of economics for the Center for Cultural Leadership and a longtime faculty member of both the Acton Institute and Blackstone Fellowship of the Alliance for Defending Freedom. Oh. Ooh. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's also the author of the book Crisis of Responsibility. Yes. Our Cultural Addiction to Blame and How You Can Cure It. Also, Elizabeth Warren, which we re- referenced earlier. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think she's going to win. <laughs> Should have wrote the book on Kami Harris. <laughs> his ultimate passions are his wife, Jolene, their children, sons, Mitchell and Graham, and daughter, Sadie. And um, they live together on both coasts, it says, according to this bio I'm reading. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Thanks, for coming on the show in person. Well, yeah. thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. I mean, uh, next to Doug Wilson, does David Bonson have the next most appearances on I the think show? So. Well, yeah, Darren's I right there, too, though. Am Dar- I getting there? Oh, wow. Yeah, you I guys. Last time I was on, you guys were debating this, and it was between, you, they were saying you and me. Yeah. So. Wow. Can, so now and you're then, just tied. Now we're, we're furthering <laughs> the tie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> furthering the problem here. Also <laughs> with us is filmmaker, oh, are you really gonna read American filmmaker, actor, and music video director Darren Doan. You can just stop there. <laughs> No, I think that's, honestly, everything else is wrong. In 2007, <laughs> Doan formed a new commercial music that's, video branded content production company called Level 4. It's not even true. Level 4. It's not even it's true. Not even true. <laughs> we, we tried to get a bio from Doan before the show. No, no, that's why he was asking. I, when le- Gabe, I thought Gabe said, hey, do you have a bio for like the Fight, Laugh, Feast? And I was like, This no. is amazing. So Darren, this, Darren is so famous that people are making up fake bios about right. him online. Right. <laughs> he has of it that way. produced and edited projects for a client list that includes Toyota. Yes. Hurley Nike? Yes, it's true. That's true. Sachi Sachi? Sachi and Sachi, yes. Atlantic Records? Yes. JBL? Yes. Universal Records? Let's do this. Jason Miraz? It's Miraz, but Miraz. Miraz. <laughs> Blink 182? Yes. It's it's it's, it's blank. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it Blink Eye? Blink Eye. Super MXPX. No, it's Supertones and MXPX. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can, oh my gracious! That list. We got over five hundred names. Zach Brown Band. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, can't forget Shine Down. Darren Shine Darren got me to meet uh, Zach Brown Band. That's right. Down in Santa Cruz. That's right. No, no, Santa. Uh, Santa Ana. Santa Barbara. Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. That's right. At the Barbara. theater in Santa Barbara, right. you you called me up to hang That's out, right. and I went in the back uh, with, right. with the uh, the we, bus. That's right. Was and Zach. Zach Brown Band were warming up with uh, jo- Joey and Rory. Joey and Rory, and, and Joey passed, passed away. away yeah. she, but they were really cool. Anyways. Doan <laughs> also directed Collision. I did. Documentary with I'm Pastor Douglas Wilson and yeah. Christopher Hitchens, which is right. a atheist Christian debate slash rock music video. Which all comes <laughs> back to Dave. Bonson, right? That would have never happened because when I became a Christian, I mean, I, I mean, Dave doesn't want all all of it, but I'm just going to say it. You know, I I was around a bunch of people for a lot of years, a lot of Christians. Uh, Dave's got an amazing punk rock past as far as managing bands, being a tour promoter and music executive. I mean, it's it's you know, it's crazy what he's done, the life he had before, kind of the 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 Dave Bonson group we know now, you know, but. Huh. 
you know, when I became a Christian, Dave was really my, my, my first mentor. I mean, he really, I mean, that was, he was the second person I called when I accepted Christ. Right. You know, I called Mark Solomon. And then I called Dave. Dave said, that's awesome. Right. Come on down. And that was in Irvine. And I drove down to his spot down, down in Irvine. And that's how it all started. I, I'm just going to, we've said this before on the show, but it's too good not to say again. And his three book recommendations were. Well, yeah. And, and, and again, and it's, it's, you have to understand the context of it. I'd been talking to Dave for a while. And the thing, the thing that still blows my mind is I was with these guys for years. I was around Dave for years and we were going to Christian music festivals and working with these bands. We'd pray before music videos and all that stuff. Nobody ever pulled me aside and said, Darren, you're a sinner. Darren, Jesus has a plan for your life. No, no I was just <laughs> not with, even I, that. I, I was just with these guys. Right. I was with these guys all the time and I'd make stupid comments sometimes and you know and no one ever no one ever corrected me nothing, right? But I was always reading. I was getting into stuff. And, I, you know, I, I think even at the time to set the context up for why these books might make a little more sense. I was reading like, you know, um, all those early books on the Knights Templars and, you know, all, you know, eventually became Da Vinci Code, all those blood oath books and all this <laughs> stuff. And you can't trust it. And, all. And, yeah. and so I was deep into all that stuff. So by okay. the time I became a Christian and Dave calls me, he says, come on down. I drive an hour and a half down to Irvine. We sit down. We start talking. And he gives me the Bonsenstein debate. He says, listen to this. He yeah. says, anything you don't understand, just look it up. Yeah. Okay. This is my dad. Um, and then, then he gave me um, Before Jerusalem Fell, because I was talking about all this historical stuff. I was <laughs> really interested in, yeah. again, all this Knights Templar stuff. He said, here's a book called Before Jerusalem Fell. Yeah. And then he gave me this little tiny blue book, which I think I was supposed to return. Because it's beautiful, and I still have it. I was going to bring it <laughs> by Marcellus Kick <laughs> on Revelation 20. And he said, listen to this, read this. He says, I'll come up as soon as I can, and I'm going to take you to the book of Revelation. Yeah. And he says, and if you just use these right here, this will keep you from being weird. Yeah. But you, know, you know what, though? I, I, they brought this up on one of the interviews I did with them, and I was thinking about afterwards... But what you just said is so important. What you just said, first of all, sounds completely insane. Right. Like it's the weirdest thing anyone's right. ever heard. Right. That someone is talking to their friend who's not a Christian, and these are the books they're giving them. Right. The context of our relationship and conversations for several years before right. and building up to it. And, and think about this from your background. If you had been a video producer, and I'm not making fun of the musical genre, but no. let's say it had been like glam metal bands in the sure. 80s. Yeah. The Hollywood club scene right. where the religion was hedonism. Right. And then you get interested in Christianity. I'm probably not giving you Marcellus Kick, but coming from sort of uh, uh, mm. punk rock, hardcore, straight edge, these, okay. Contrarians, well, contrarians. Very philosophical. Yep. Very uh, distorted and removed from our worldview, but there was an intellectual searching and craving yes. that had been going on in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? So it's, oh, yeah. it, it's it, the musical background sort of plays into the philosophical. That's interesting. Plato that we were. Absolutely. Yeah. And he came up, he came up within a month to where I was living at the time. Lived, Thousand Oaks. And without, you gotta understand this. He came up to my to, to my apartment at the time to take me through Revelation. Right. <laughs> we we not just John, just, yeah, not, not Matthew. John. Yeah. We the, just the millennium almost ended while I was on the freeway. Right. <laughs> 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 and he just kind of did this overview of Revelation, and and he would say things like, "Now people are going to say this, and you're going to hear this, and then people are going to say this, and then people are going to say this. But look at this. See these seven heads. Look at this. Just turn the page." Mm. He said, just turn the page. He tells you what the seven heads are. Yeah. He tells you. Look at this. Just turn the page. And people are going to... 
context before, context after. He took me through it. And I mean, I was telling someone this last night and I said, I told the exact same story. And uh, I said, and Dave said, if you just read these three things, listen to these, list one and two, it'll keep you from being weird. And then this guy said to me, so you're telling me on day one of being a Christian, you were a reformed Calvinist, preterist, post millennialist. Oh, yeah, that's going to keep you from being weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and lo and behold. Now, yeah. now, real quick, just to make sure, D- Darren mentioned this in passing, but just in case anybody missed this, David is the son of Greg Bonson. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and think of the providence there. Yeah, the, right. The, the, the greatest apologetic mind, his son mentored me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're allowed to have pride in things. Yeah, I don't know as a Christian, but I mean, I'm, I'm unbelievably, I'm Christ so providence. grateful. I'm so <laughs> yeah. grateful. I mean, to, to think about, to, to, to be plucked out of the world, and then the man you're talking to, his father was the greatest living Christian apologist on the planet. I mean, that's like when Paul boasts about who his teacher was right yeah. Gamaliel back, right yeah, yeah, yeah I can never pronounce it so I knew yeah. you would yeah, cool. I was like I mean that's, <laughs> I, got you. I got you I mean I, you, I can like I can boast that like yeah. I mean I would even play games with Dave I'd say what about this what about that I'll never we're walking to a California pizza kitchen once and and I looked at Dave and I said I've gone through this debate so many times your dad answers every question that seems so complicated like 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 the person saying oh yeah what's two plus two and he goes four oh yeah what's five plus five it's ten <laughs> I don't know how he does it and Dave Dave goes the gospel is that easy. Okay, hold on. We got we to gotta finish this. If you're watching this on TV, I'm sorry. You got to go to our.com. We're just getting started. Crosspolitics.com to finish started. this interview. That's, that's how you tee it up. That's how you, if you're single, <laughs> get married. You if you're up. married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. This is Crosspolitik. And if you're watching the live stream, it keeps going. All right, I have, D. I have too many <laughs> damn stories. I mean, because like I would call We're Dave, just getting started. I would call him because the Word of Faith movement all of a sudden exploded into the community. I was at, I'd call Dave. Uh, I remember I called Dave one night. I was so angry. I was like, these Word of I'm out screaming. And, and, Dave, and Dave goes, and I'd love to hear you add to this. And Dave goes, you know, my dad would take us to those churches. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, my, my, my dad would take us to those churches sometimes just to see it and experience it. And I was like, and he was like, just relax, man. He, he kind of calmed you through the cage stage, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and, and things like that. And then I, then I enrolled in the Bonson Theological Seminary, and I was doing all that stuff. And I called Dave and Darren. I go, Dave, how come you're not a pastor? How come you're not a minister, man? I mean, and he goes, Darren, there's other things people like us need to be mm, Vocation, doing, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. just, like, I mean, all these things, all these steps, you know, I mean, and, and to have that and to be able, and then I remember, I think it was like only a, a year or two later. I mean, it, 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 it almost brings tears to my eyes. It was so sweet. I remember we were talking. And Dave just said, um, he goes, ah, man, you never met my dad, did you? I go, no. And he goes, man, I would like for my dad to have met you. Mm. Or you to meet my dad. I forget which one it was. Mm. But, and I remember I was like, it was one of the sweetest things. Mm. Like, I think I'd had anyone like, like ever six. I think he only passed maybe a year or two before. before I think I, that? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I think that's, that's the, and then years go by and I think what's, I think we've all had this in our, in our, in our walk. I was this absolute, you know, like all of us, just dirtbag waiting to be saved. You get saved around a group of people and then 20 years goes by and a lot of people fall away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People that were like there, yeah. like people, the one who were like, we're praying for you. People like, yeah. you know, and yeah, I get it. The story's not done being written, but you know, I can look across at, at, at Dave and, you know, one just have a, an immense amount. One of the only men I can say, like, I have that biblical affection for. Yeah. Like, 
this this guy was I, I was dead and God <laughs> used this man here to bring me up mm-hmm. right and we know Dave Bonson now really as a as a public figure who's talking economics and politics mm-hmm. and finance you know and he's writing books now and he was doing LinkedIn before I was doing LinkedIn he had figured out to start communicating on platforms before I'd even figured it out he was there but the that's why he's he on Fox and you aren't exactly yeah. right that's why yeah. he's going back and forth yeah. right between LA and New York but this guy yeah. was punk rock this guy was in the van he was doing the tours he was he was in all these horrible clubs and they smelled and they were stinky and doing merch <laughs> and getting screwed over by promoters and all that stuff he knows the real deal and so when you when, when, when you look at at Bonson you have to understand he knows both sides he knows he knows that's the dirt and he knows the high towers. I want to talk about that because I want to know right now, since because it's funny, everything that Darren talks with punk rock, I get from hip hop because hip hop had the same origins Absolutely. as punk rock. Absolutely. And so there's this this kind of like, oh, they won't sell my records? Well, I'll open up my trunk in the parking lot, right. put it on a loudspeaker and sell my own CDs until I make it and they'll come after me. That's right. As you look right now as the, at the Christianity itself and as, oh, shoot, the whole just kind of America, where's the punk rock missing inside of evangelicalism? So that you mean as far as the attitude of, of how someone is determined to kind of uh, overcome adversity, yes. go against the grain and so forth. Uh, well, I guess it becomes a bit more ideological and stylistic. I think ideologically uh, there isn't that because there's an incredible contentment with just following along. The, the church right now, it's, I don't know. I've studied a lot of church history, but I don't have a way to know culturally or stylistically if the church has ever been this cheap of an imitation of the culture. Mm. It's not just that they've sold their soul. It's that they've done it on the cheap. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. And and I think that— Like, it's not even a good deal? Like, not, in the yeah. past, at least there was something you got? I, I think I think that there was—in the past, if, they were, if there was—there was sort of an authenticity— to their uh, sellout, mm. where wow. where where now it's almost just uh, embarrassing. Mm. Isn't the little prophets talk this way? Like you know, so, at least prostitutes make money. Yeah, but you like the prophets sell Israel. Like, but now you're paying guys to sleep. That's with right. You. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ezekiel. Yeah. yeah, and Ooh. and so I think that uh, that sort of punk rock spirit um, is lacking in in the church, and and uh, but. I can only say that because you're defining it the way I would, the way Darren's talking about. Yeah. Uh, iconoclastic is probably the word I now use since I've become really pretty fancy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> since your jail got since more you expensive. live on both coasts. <laughs> <laughs> Although that could be the name of an album. But like the way yeah. the whole, the whole thing goes, yeah. Darren's going through and, and he started off, he was talking about we were at California Pizza Kitchen and I immediately thought, my God, I can't believe I ever went to California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> and then it ended with... The van selling the shirts and so right. forth. I go, yeah. wow, it gets lower than this. But let me, let, I want to say something real quick if you don't mind. Yeah, because, yeah. because Gabe plays into this. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, this, this, is a very, this is actually a very positive and, and serious thing. But um, everything you just explained about your story, our old story, the journey in your life, and so forth. I don't know how, and then and then there are a lot of people we know from the old uh, our old life. Some of them have been Christians a long time, right. and uh, have fully fallen away, and, and all all the things. Um, I was I went through a very very long period that um, I never thought about my years that we're talking about. Thought about some old friendships, some of which still have, but my view was okay, age uh, eighteen to twenty seven. Uh, first of all, dad died early on there. Yeah. There's a lot of things that went on, some good, some bad in my life. 
but um, I, I didn't really start being able to impact the world or impact culture or develop a vision for em- engaging the kingdom and the culture until 27. And now this is my calling. And I do, yeah. I believe this is my calling. I believe this is where God wants, wants me. Yeah. But um, I had a, our old friend, Jason Carson. I went to a USC football game with him. We were talking about and just kind of grieving about some of our old friends, where they've gone and whatnot. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I just don't I think about that stuff anymore. I'm just that whole life. And Gabe had sent me a, a, a Facebook message like, hey, we had Darren on the show. I think there's a part you'll, you'll want to listen to. And I went back and listened to it a couple of days later. It was pretty much the same thing you just rehashed. Yeah. I started bawling. Mm-hmm. I was in my apartment in New York City. And I sent you a note. Yeah. And, and it occurred to me that I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If nothing, and a lot more did, but if nothing had come out, of those seven, eight, nine years that we were doing all this stuff. But that what you described, then I'd do it all over again. I'd even eat a California pizza kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't Whoa. remember I don't remember sending, you, show sending you that link. I Can know. we just end the show? Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> man. But you know one of the things heavy. One of the things I that, I appreciate that, that shows too. me though is I mean so I mean first of all, I mean God is good. Yeah, I mean there's amen. there's a whole bunch there that's just that's that's God. Yeah. At work, that's not you guys planning mm-hmm. any of this. But secondarily, I guess I want to push on even saying, but so, but the fact was that you were already at work in the kingdom before twenty seven. No, well, I, I was, and I do, and I realize that, and I think that um, that there's something sort of natural about when you move into something else, you you get excited about what you're doing, and so you yeah. you through time kind of forget more sure. and more about it. But theologically. Um, and biographically, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And and yet, there's first of all some guilt about certain parts of my life. Then, and there is uh, there what there developed such a sadness over how some of the things didn't yeah. come together. The people right. who didn't endure, sure. yeah. And and so yeah. then you kind of like forget about the fact. But when I think about it objectively yeah. and whatnot, I totally agree that God was using us, using Darren. Yeah. God was using Darren before Darren was saved. Yeah. Right, I mean, we, you made absolutely. a lot of videos. Absolutely, all the Christian music videos. Absolutely, there, there are. I mean, not to derail this story at all, but just, I mean, I, I think to give other examples of the same kind of thing. Like, I mean, I came out to New St. Andrews College, and my first year and a half here were kind of wild. And I and there, I tell students sometimes there's parts in the student book of conduct, thanks to me. Right, Toby and, had dreads, and there's and there's th- and and. You know, never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that I'd be a pastor in Moscow, Idaho, associate pastor to Douglas Wilson, whatever. Yeah. And but God is good. Yeah. God is merciful. And there's and I, I, can, I can I think I'm I'm tracking with you in terms of I mean, there's pl- there's places where I look back to and I say like I don't really want to talk about that. That was not exactly right. fun. I mean, right. you know. Yeah. Um. You know. Th- and and at the same time, I look back and say, but you know, that's. That is part of the story that God was telling. Yeah, and right. there was things going on there that was preparation for this. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when I have a 17, 18-year-old student in my office struggling with stuff, God wants me to remember who I was and where I came from. Right. Um, and remember that God's grace is for him, too. Yeah. And, but there's other lessons, too. I mean, you, there, I'm sure there are other things that God was doing at Tooth and Nail with you that was for Bonsa group that was for your family, that was for your kids. That was you well, know. one of the most important things he did is teach me that when I started a large wealth management firm someday to never work with a musician. There we go. How does he do it? How does he do it? Every time, timing. 
You must stand, do stand up oh too. You stand up. Uh, Alright, more cross pause when we come back. We're gonna talk a little bit about the conference and weapons yeah. for this war. I wanna hear you guys kind of bring yeah. the tool case out and put it on the table for it. Good. More cross politics when we come back. Can I get some tissues back there? Come on, bring it up. Any tissues? Come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. All right. Too many things going on at once. Too many things. Yeah. What is this? Can you figure it out? No, I'm good. Does this go with your your keto? What's that? I'm not keto. What is it? Did you just put that in your cup? Yeah. So we do about the mix, huh? So we do it. Mix it all up. What's coffee and cream? And welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Left Feast Network with us, filmmaker Darren Doan. Friday, right? Financial consultant, economist, ninja. Extraordinaire. David Bonson in the studio. Did you know he lives on both coasts? <laughs> yeah. 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 And we have a live, I think the studio audience has grown, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. 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 It just keeps going around. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the <laughs> other room is full, too. Oh, exactly. no. Yeah. Man. It's going to be fun. I'm going to stage but, dive at the end. <laughs> Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> For us. Well, for them. So, someone was just telling me they were on a, they, they, they were on a flight. It was packed. I mean, everyone probably knows this joke, but it's real. They're on a flight. It's packed. They get to go to the bathroom. There's someone in front. And then the tutor said, you need six feet back from the person right. in front of you to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But you're next to everybody. Other on, people. On the right. Plane. While you go back. Right. You know, there's still people. In, in my speech tonight, I have a reference to something similar, but I won't share it now. Okay, good. But, um, good. Let's just good. say that a lot of people are doing a great job at demonstrating the absurdity of our age. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually wanted to talk to you about what it was that you're going to be talking about All right. at New St. Andrews College. So what, go ahead. Drop it. Drop the bomb, man. Well, I think I'm giving the commencement address for the graduate. You are. You are. Yes. Really we, think, we think so, too. That's my understanding. Okay. No, and so uh, the title of my speech tonight is 100 years at a time okay mm. that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that's like it's that's not, like wait do you mean that's what you're talking post about mill. that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. right in the middle on both. The, no. yeah. both he's going with both yeah. okay so he lives on both coasts <laughs> So yeah. do both <laughs> dual because i was wondering what do you because my question was i was asking gabe what do you tell a graduate right now mm-hmm. who yeah. is the world just changed for them their graduation actually and, got skipped yeah, basically and the class of COVID now what do you tell them 100 years at a time great thanks dave yeah no but that's what they need to hear is uh they i'm going to talk to them it's not just about the moment they're living in right now it's the moment they're born into as well i'm assuming these people are between the ages of 20 and 25 for the most mm-hmm. part right or do you guys do a thing here where your college students are like 43 no they're <laughs> They're they're <laughs> some, they're some eighteen. No, you're right. Not, yeah, nothing somewhere against anyone right? getting no, a degree at twenty three. Oh, um, twenty twenty five, and uh, I'm going to talk to them you about heard the fact it. they were born into the nine eleven period of time, mm-hmm. and here we are at the bookend of the first twenty years of this new century in the COVID moment. In between, we had this little financial crisis thing. This has been a very unsettling first twenty years of the century. Mm. I'm going to go back to the first twenty years of last century. 1900-1920 has an unbelievable similarity to 2000-2020. Mm. 
World War One. Yep. There was another financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Yep. We talk about all the things where I've talked on your show before with the Federal Reserve right now, the role they play in American economic life. Well, the Federal Reserve was created in right. the first 20 in years, first, 20th yeah. century. Yep. And then um, going into the Roaring Twenties, and you say, oh, it all got better from there. The Roaring Twenties were an incredible time of peace and prosperity in our country. But what happened? Great Depression, yep. right. World War II, Third Reich, Stalin, Cold War. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other than that, how was the play? Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> right. And wow. it's a Abe Lincoln joke. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we got We it. weren't there. <laughs> um, <laughs> call back. So, so my view is that people uh, right now are facing a very tumultuous time, and they were born into a tumultuous time if they're 2025 right now, and that some understanding of history that uh, is going to be tied into eschatology, but not tied into the timeline of eschatology that millennial conversations focus on, but instead tie into a theology of eschatology, which is not necessarily even exegetical, and it's certainly not timeline-driven. It's existential. It's what you're going to do with your life, who you want to be. Mm. And I I believe that the next 100 years are going to be characterized by both the new Bonhoeffers and Lewis's and Churchill's and Buckley's and so forth. And it's going to be categorized by people influenced by them. Where right now what we have is very few of the leaders and even less of the people to be led. And you have to recreate that positive feedback loop. So people can say you need leadership and then everyone falls in line. But I think mostly it's untrue. I think mostly the people, the leaders reflect the character of the people. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. so we can do the chicken or egg debate all day. But the fact of the matter is we have to create a virtuous cycle. We uh, become better people. We'll get better leaders. Yeah, better leaders will get better people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tie that into a 100-year vision. Can I add a layer? Do I need? Can you just play this? You just fly home now. Keep going. Go ahead. Are you sitting in the audience and listen? Yeah. Um, the layer I would add to that is, y'all doing a tag team? Are well, you going to do a talk tonight? No, I mean if he brings me up, it's it's. I mean I I, I know where the event. You're ready. Is. I'm, You're I'm ready. Close to it. You're ready. I'm close to it. Um, Be ready. Is right now. I think the now I would say the opportunity that graduates have right now. Uh, I actually I think everyone has right now is people are taking a break. They're done. You have the culture going on pause right now. Mm-hmm. Christians need to realize. Let's go. Mm-hmm. People are now have more of an excuse to be lazy. They have more an excuse to wait for some sort of handout, entitlement. I wonder who's going to fix this whole thing. Christians right now, you take every job you can get. You put every dollar in your pocket. You take every opportunity. You go. You keep learning. You don't just settle for a particular kind of schooling. Uh, no, you go, go, go. Literally, I think there's going to be a two- to four-year pause on people's maturity level right now. Christians have an opportunity to say, I'm going to beat my current generation by four years right now and get after it. That's an opportunity. Well, and by the way, even before COVID, this is the advantage that we have that we act like we don't have. Mm -hmm. We constantly pretend we're losing. There we go. The the culture for some time now has celebrated this idea of extended adolescence. They explicitly talk that your 20s are gone, are lost cause, yeah. that your goal is to go search. It's mostly to fornicate and drink, by the way, if we're yeah. just being honest. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Just 10 Absolutely. years to fornicate and drink. Yeah. Really? Then, for, for that then you need to start a career, and then when you're about 42, start having kids. It's a yeah. great age to start. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Half a kid or one. Yeah. Come on now, preach, yeah. preacher. Half a kid or one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, and then and it's like now we got all the time. So so we're willing. We can start with a ten year head start, and we can't beat these people. Right? right. Oh, seriously. Oh, we, can't, seriously. we can't beat them because our kids are in public schools. Oh. I'm tired. Oh, you, you you talk about the the idea that that liberal Democrats can't even fathom the idea of being a hypocrite. hypocrite yeah. Someone in you need because you're in this space needs to look at every conservative Republican and say you are at fault because you think socialism only starts at college. Yeah, that's right. While you put... <laughs> Darren can't do that. Well, no, because... And, and you think about it. All these Republicans, right. all these conservatives believe that it's okay to have free school K-12. through Yep. They are the reason And yet you got to pay for college. We, right. Yeah. And so we got to get those people out. Their kids need to be out of the public school systems, and we win. If, if it purely is tactics. By the way, you know his kids are out of the public school system? Everybody, the liberal Democrats, the liberal no, right. elites. Yes, they're going yeah. to the elites. So, the so elite. I grew up. I grew up in Texas, and Texas is now about sixty forty Republican Democrat. And Just, all all the data shows in Texas is you know everyone hears about California moving to Texas, uh, you know kind of stuff. Um, all the data shows that Texas is going liberal because of the, their it's homegrown. It's not being imported in from California. The, the imported view is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, that's not what the data shows. The, no, the, no, no, no. I'm agreeing with okay, you. Okay, okay. Agreeing with you, dude. Before we go, before we go, I was looking at my knuckles. Someone agrees. I was like, no, wait, what? Poor people don't know what to do when they agree. Oh, no. No. He just changed his mind. Now what? No, I'm, uh, the imported view is wrong. It is homegrown. It is homegrown. Yes. And, and first of all, we know this uh, intuitively. Do yes. you think the people leaving California to go to Texas and Arizona are the libs or the conservatives? That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Are they Texas, going to recreate what they just left? No, Texas is not importing the bad people from California. They're importing the good people from California right. Right. and Arizona and Nevada and whatnot. Right. The it's homegrown the liberalism is in Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, yep. and Austin. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Texas is 60. 40 because we're doing the deceiving math of aggregation. It is 70-30 Democrat in cities, and it is 70-30 Republican in yep. rural areas. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Mm -hmm. So right. it is nothing more than a microcosm of the entire national story, which is uh, cities versus suburbia and, and so rural, ar rural Arguably, areas. the imports are actually keeping it relatively conservative at this point. I'm quite, I'm quite they're yeah, at least breaking even. Right. right. Okay, so when we, when we do the show, we think about, um, when we started cross-politic, we wanted to be very, very uh, narrow in our, in our audience. God has grown it past that, but we wanted to think about a guy, a particular person who's a married man, who has a family. What does he need, the tools that he needs to operate and function in this world, to be a good Christian man, to be a good citizen in this country? Um, as husband, a father, good husband, businessman. father, businessman. We wanted to equip him, and so we just kind of targeted that person. If you guys had to give him an extra tool in his backpack, you're going to be doing it at the conference October first through third in uh, Tennessee, Nashville. Hope you signed up. I will Time write that go. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that what I'm talking you're, about? Yeah, yeah, those are the dates. But, but I want to know if, if right now you wrote Crisis of Responsibility, so you have a book on this. But right now, for people who are listening, if buy you the to, book, get the book, get the book. It's, it's really good. good. Yeah. If you had to say, okay, man, here's some tools that you need in your backpack. What are they? 
besides the ones that you're talking about related to fatherhood and husbandry? Or are you saying tools you can for add, those you things? Can, you can buff those if you want to. I mean, I honestly do believe that there's a lot of really good tools about that stuff. Yeah. So it isn't that I would uh, uh, put it on a lower place than the totem pole as right. far as the need for them to be a godly father, a godly uh, uh, husband. Get married, have but, kids. But or... I do think that it, there's just a bigger hole in the professional aspect of their life. I yeah. don't think there's a lot of great tools equipping men in the marketplace. Okay. So it isn't that I'm saying the marketplace is superior to institution of family. Right, I'm just right. saying it seems to me that there's already some tools available for that spot of their backpack. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think there's the same uh, uh, availability for so, so their engagement in the culture, specifically professionally. Yeah. So kids 18, you're saying what? Find out what you love to do and go be a master of it? Well, I think that one of the most amazing things, uh, to the point I was making earlier about this newfound love affair with extended adolescence is you can start with what you don't do. And what you don't do is sell. I do believe, by the way, in the concept of 18 to 22 being a transitional period. Sure, formative, sure. transitional, yes. yeah. yeah and, and even if they do go straight into some sort of work and vocational situation, there's still the sense in which they're kind of having to apprentice and develop and sure. whatnot. But my point is that you do tell them you, you're an adult now. I'm going to treat you like an adult. I'm going to talk to you like an adult. And, and I know that the world knows this, even if they pretend they don't, because of sports. Yeah, and, right. and, 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 and just go to a college football practice. Right. You think they're babying those kids there? No. They are not. That's right. Just in case you So it's like all of a sudden an 18-year-old guy is getting They are this hit. year. They're canceling well, all well, programs. No, not, not everywhere. Yeah. No, no, not most, everywhere. most programs. Pac-12, SEC, Big 12. SEC, Big 12. They're not. Yeah. So somehow they found a way, even mm-hmm. college football, gets stuck into the culture war. Yeah. Even college football. Yeah. 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 Uh, And you don't think, you think that's a coincidence? These West Coast schools are all canceling and and, and Alabama and Tennessee are going to go play football? No. 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 That's how you got Trump. Well, but, well, can, can you say more on that? I I think I'm tracking, but can you flesh that out? I, I guess what I'm saying is that. There is like no shortage of examples of things that very quickly fall into a binary and tribalistic. Uh, where the the line is divided and you can just guess. So is it uh, Charles Murray basically said you can ask like three or four questions. And by the way, one of them is if, if he it wasn't California Pizza Kitchen, it was Olive Garden. Right. But you can learn a lot just where, have you been to an Olive Garden before, right? right? There's these certain kind of cultural taboo questions yep. and more or less that great divide between a sort of elite upper class liberalism or um, just the cities themselves uh, or urban culture. Uh, then, then where how someone votes is almost always defined by cultural markers. Mm-hmm. It is very rarely economic. The whole "it's economy stupid" thing is symptomatically true, but not causatively true. Mm. And I think that right now, this whole COVID thing, the mask stuff, and and uh, hydroxychloroquine, it's like it doesn't even matter uh, the merit of either side of the argument. Yeah. It's it, and and by the way, I will say I think both sides do it too. Yeah. Like I be, I'm sure that there are people who oppose hydroxy because President Trump said some things about it, but I'm also sure those people supported it because he said yes, some exactly. things about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Except Absolutely. for Facebook. <laughs> they just they just delete it. So on the college football yeah. side, the Pac twelve, which you're talking about Stanford, you're talking about Berkeley, you're talking about UCLA, yeah. USC, and yeah. I get and of course uh, what's the little school around here, Washington? Well, 
But um, <laughs> wow. no, my point. My you, point. You had to he answer that, that, Darren. Darren's that. Darren's like, I'm going to answer that. <laughs> you know, I've been to every stadium in the Pac-12 except for uh, Pullman, and I flew into Pullman this morning. Yeah, but yeah, no football. It doesn't count. I got to yeah. go to a game there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I, that's. I guess what I'm saying is that it is again. There is a reason why the SEC is like, no, no, we're not canceling football. Do you still have the same license plate? Uh, the old DLB for USC? No, it now says Div Stocks. Oh, are you talking about the Theonos? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there's a story here behind uh, that. That's it. it. Take that's that it. bourbon away from <laughs> What was the license plate? It said, my license plate now says Div Stocks because okay. I am a big advocate of dividend stocks. We talked about that on your show. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. That, was no, that is definitely yeah. not the license plate Darren's shout, talking about. Shout out to the Dividend Cafe podcast. You got to yeah, get that yeah. with Dave Bonson. Yeah, yeah, right. You got to get it. There's gotta three gotta you got to get. <laughs> No, I think I think Dimming Cafe is is the is, is the, the one where I'm yeah. I'm yeah. my most self, my most true self. Yes. Yeah. Most I, true I, I like I think all of them put together a third and a third and a third. That's my thought. I, I think one of the things, hey Dave, how I got out for you. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things though, I'll, I'll get us out. But but back to back to you know our our guy, back to our guy who's who's trying to he's got a family, he's Sam. got kids. Yeah, we call, oh, we we call him Trump. Sam. Yeah, Sam. yeah, we call him Sam. <laughs> you say Trump? I thought you were talking about our guy. No, is this a Trump? No. <laughs> He can he can use some of this too, but, but mostly Sam. But I think you know, th- as an opportunity, this moment is an opportunity. That's what I'm I'm, I'm going back to is is um, you you we need um, we need men who see this moment as the opportunity, right? Yeah. See the the craziness, see the chaos, not as um, uh, not as a moment to to uh, retreat, not as a moment to say this is uh, this is too big, there's too much government intrusion, whatever whatever it is that the boogeyman is for right. for for Sam. Um, you need to see this as a moment of opportunity, if for nothing else, because this is the story that God loves to tell. Yeah. I mean, the story that God loves to tell is against all odds. You know, this is he didn't care. He didn't care what everyone thought, so he started a business. He didn't care what everyone thought, so he started saving, he started investing. He didn't care what everyone thought, he went back to school. Yeah. He got some new tools, and he started getting back to work. He started providing for his family. He started a Christian school. He sent his kids to a private school, whatever it needed to be done. Um, he he did. didn't care what everyone said. And he, he stopped didn't wearing a mask. Care right. what everyone said or what it looked like. Um, I I was reminded we just finished a book for the NSA board. Um, oh look, it's right down here. How about that? Oh, look at that timing. Yeah. The Age of Entitlement. Have you guys read this? Oh, yeah. This book, recall, right. Bill. It's, it's a it's a brilliant. We've had him on the show. Brilliant. Yeah, we had we had him on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we interviewed him. But um, he ends the book with um, I won't even tell you why, but that famous scene with Ann Coulter uh, in, a, in around a table. Yeah. Um, everybody asks, you know, the guy goes around, asks who's going to be the next president. And it gets to Ann Coulter and she says, Trump, the straight face. And everybody bursts out laughing. Yep. And this is, um, I think he says it was either three weeks or three days after Trump had announced his candidacy. And that's oh, the, she wow. and she was like, it'll be Trump. And everybody bursts out laughing. Things are hilarious. And of course, you know, now that that's how I felt. Um, which way? I mean, ever. I mean, I I said from day one it was going to be Trump. Yeah, and I I said yeah. it because at the debate when when he when he got to that that first live debate, I said to my wife, we we're watching it. Trump's up there. He's in the middle, if I recall. Okay. And you have the sixteen or whatever many people were, were up there. Yeah. And Megyn Kelly, this is her moment. She's the biggest star on the planet at this moment. I mean, right. I think we forget how big Megyn yeah. Kelly yeah. was. Yeah. Twenty million, forty million dollar, you know, million dollar. Yeah. She's that big at this point. And this is it. He's he's got no armor. He's not protected. There's, and she says, you've called women dogs. You've called them fat. You've called them. And now, if you pause the movie right there, this right. is it. It's yeah. over. Yeah. He, he can't take this. this. This is a bazooka to the chest. And he cuts her off. And he says, only Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. And 
There's Crowd thousands of people in that room, and they go <laughs> ballistic. And I turned to my wife. I said, "He just won. Yeah. He just won." Mm. Because if that didn't take him out, there is nothing. Now we had no idea what was coming, right. but I just look. I said, "If that can't take that man out, nothing will." And and the thing is, is so quite apart from the Trump question, but there's something in there in terms of knowing who you are and not caring right. what anyone thinks, knowing what you think, knowing what you believe. And if, as Christians, there's, there's, there's certain parameters to that. But nevertheless, we need a whole lot more of the kind of backbone that Ann Coulter sort of, you know, smile and wave. And I don't care what you think. I don't care because, because I think a lot of what passes as Christian testimony, Christian leadership is basically just putting your finger in the wind. And it's, it's like what you were saying earlier, David, as far as, you know, we're worse we're worse than the prostitute. No, I agree, but I want to add. I'm not uh, taking back, taking away from what you're saying. I'm adding to it. Yeah. I agree that that young person facing cancel culture has to be bold, courageous, and go out there and not care. I also think that some of those young, bold people doing the right thing are going to get fired, yes. and guys like me yeah. have to hire them. Yeah. There have, there, okay, it's but, both sides. But there, has to be, there has to be a support system. That's part of you not caring either, though. Is well, you're well, saying, I probably I don't care. Yeah, so, yeah. But you're, you're saying you know they, the guy gets fired though because he's a Christian, and you but say, that back, that's right. But that's going back to what you were saying with about the, the, the hole that's missing inside of that backpack yeah. is the guy who's able to do that. The right. guy who's actually but that's the, the new but that's the new resume. Guys like Dave, guys like me. I mean, we had a huge bump in work that we have to get done in the last week or two. I was yeah. like. I need to hire four or five people right. now. And I'm looking now, I'm going back through all my social media and going, okay, who didn't post on Blackout Tuesday? <laughs> right. right. I'm yeah. going to check them out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a, mm. it's good. And, and that's the thing is, I think you're right. And you're absolutely right. Um, and even though we're reformed, I guess we can agree. Um, but the, but the, uh, no, for now, no. <laughs> but for no. now, but, time. but this is the beast. thing, but this is the thing. Um, the way that God blesses though, isn't necessarily what you thought he was going to do. Never. So, so, right. so when I say go out and don't care, start something, build something, do something to the glory of God, it may be that God throws a roadblock in what you thought you were going to do, and you're going to get diverted, and you're going to get hired by Darren, or you're going to get hired by David, or you're going to be doing something different than you thought you were doing, but that's part of the don't care. But this is a huge part of what the, we're, the schools are doing wrong, and we focus so much on ideologically what the schools are doing wrong. Um, there is also even well-meaning schools that might be more sympathetic to our Christian worldview that are still doing the thing of babying them, that are teaching yeah. them that failure is a bad thing right. instead of that failure is a good thing, right. Right. that are forgetting that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and what God meant for evil, men meant for, what men meant for evil, God meant for good. Right. See, I believe that there are three things, I don't really want to get into them right now, mostly because of time, but it also wouldn't be appropriate. There are three major, major events in my life, all three of which were life-changing Definitive moments were awful experiences. Yeah. And I honestly believe all three of them led to the greatest blessings I've ever enjoyed Amen. or tasted in my life. Yeah. But I, I think that young people don't know that, yeah. don't believe that, yeah. aren't told that. Right. So they run into adversity and they're like, okay, we got to figure out how to get through the adversity instead right. of embracing it and right. loving it. Right. Mm. Yeah. That goes back to what we were saying before. God's telling a story. And in this story, some of the most significant things he's doing to us and for us are failures in the moment yeah. and, and, and horrific and difficult things. Yep. And he is meaning them for good. Absolutely. David Bonson, Darren Doan, we could talk for another hour. I appreciate you Easy. guys for coming yeah. on the show. Thank Easy. you so Unbelievable. much. Unbelievable. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Come on, people. Laugh <laughs> and peace. This is Pastor Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
You just can't beat that live. And you audience, wow, yeah. yeah. You can't beat that. You can't you beat that. Most Americans love their higher education like they love their cheese. Factory produced, unhealthy, floppy, and neutered to flavor, thanks to the easily offended. We prefer our education sharp, hard, and handcrafted in Idaho. New St. Andrews College. Biblically integrated, culturally potent, liberal arts, in person, this fall. <laughs>